1: Harmonize with me and hold me tight All through the night, you're shining bright I'm your oyster, baby, you're my pearl
2: Hi, Bills! Hello, Dominic! Here we are again. The temperatures are absolutely tip-top in this studio. It's fresh, like a kind of spring day in England. <laughs> well
3: lovely! Yeah. Out in maybe the uh, the moors... With a little morning dew. Mm, Listening to Kate Bush. Do you ever um, wash your face in the morning dew? What? Very, very good for you. So, what, you mean grab stuff off the grass? Just, yes, very gently rub it on your face there.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. And have you seen a lot of invertebrates, insects and stuff like that, will come out in the very early morning and they'll stick the cute little bottoms up in the air to catch the dew. And then the dew falls down towards their mouth, and that's how they get a little drink in the morning. From their butt to their mouth. Yeah, they drink from their anus. Fantastic stuff. Maybe something that we could uh, incorporate into an episode at some point. Perhaps. How's the knee? Knee, not great, if I'm honest, Dom. It's tight. We've been getting a lot of very kind advice and guidance from people have you been taking them upon some of these offers? there was
3: one that was very specific Ooh. i saw that someone sent us on the email thank you very much please keep sending the emails
2: Ooh. to <clears throat> castmedia at no friendship Onion at castmedia.com is cast with a k <laughs> let's not forget it's cast with a k now
3: the neat, someone sent us a thing who and the person was a, a trained physiotherapist Mm. knows what they're talking about uh. and did start with you know I haven't seen your knee so take this as like a very general Mm. you know thing take it on the chin take it on the knee yeah as it were so but she sent like diagrams and pictures and most of the stuff is what I'm being told to you know do by my man Mm. but it was good to hear that confirmed by someone else great and i suppose the thing is you're only going to get as much better as as much work you put into it and maybe i'm just not
2: doing enough well that's the thing about things like stretching right it's preventative Mm -hmm. meditation i think is in some way like this i don't necessarily feel the benefits of meditation Mm -hmm. until i stop doing it and it's the same with stretching if i because when i start in the gym i'll probably do Less than five minutes of stretching, mm-hmm. but it's a little, you know, toe touch, shoulder thing, tricep mm-hmm. thing. If I don't do that for two or three weeks, then maybe I'll feel it. When you and I went away to West Virginia, South Carolina, one of the it was North Carolina, North Carolina, you would get up probably half an hour, forty minutes before me, and invariably, when I used to come out of my room, walk past your room to head downstairs, you'd be in the practice of a little morning. Stretchy, do you I, remember? I, yeah, we drop that
3: now. No, I still do that, Dom. Maybe not as much as I did, uh, you, you know, sort of every day, but much better. And I don't. You're a you're a fan of animals.
2: Love animals.
3: My animal, my dog, loves a little stretch in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's a good thing. And you, otherwise, you stiffen up, don't you?
2: Well, it's it's very rare, if not. Like doesn't happen at all that a dog or a cat gets up from a seating position and doesn't do a downward dog, upward dog, stretchy. I like it when cats just put one paw out as if they're trying to reach to a new galaxy. That's a good one. Yeah,
3: so it's good. A good stretch helps, and I think that's what I need to do and also
2: build up the power of my body. Yeah, yeah, you need to get a bigger ass, but we've always said that. And also, the other thing to keep in mind, which I'm sure you're philosophical about as well, is we're almost dead. Exactly. Do you know what I
3: mean? You know what I mean? We're standing on a rock, flying through space at a thousand miles an hour, mm. only just staying out of the fireball that we call the sun. Mm. My knee is a very, very small problem, mm. but I'm still working on it. Good for you. Should Thank we do you. a little? League of Legends update. League of Legends update. We've still not got the graphic. Right? Has, has Riot sent us the
2: music and, no, and graphic? No, we've got nothing. We've got no graphics. Okay. we nothing. But I, I can see it, and I'm sure you guys can see it now. It's like... I'll know, do the echo. You do it. Okay.
3: League, League of, League of Legends, Legends update.
2: Oh, nice, Bills. Nice, nice. I feel like it's like you know, like a very heavy piece of maybe metal. Hits the screen. Clash! Clash! Boom! Yeah. So, where are we at with that? Because not only... Re- right! Not only have Sean and Elijah backed into a very deep shadow, but you and I have not played League of Legends together for what? Two weeks? A couple of weeks, I think. I don't think
3: I've played. I did... I played... The new Dr. Mundo came Mundo. out. Mundo! And I like Dr. Mundo. And, eh... Uh, but he's gone to the top... As I think we talked about this He's mm. went to the top lane I'm not a fan of the top lane No, no Because I, I get killed all the time Yeah I like to stay far away And fire things at people Yeah I don't like it In amongst the fray Yeah And if I'm not far away Flinging things at people I like to be in the jungle
2: Yeah Out the way of people I like the jungle too I've been playing the jungle as well Do you have a favourite jungle creature? I tell you, the the little
3: rock things are hard to kill. Oh, yeah. They keep... They Krugs,
2: right? Krugs. That's what they call them, Krugs. You are such a geek. A oh, complete geek. I now am starting to watch the little uh, non-playable creatures in the jungle. A snail, a frog. What else is there? Is there a mouse in the jungle? But my friend from Riot, Jake. Hello, Jake, if you're listening, who gave us some skins. Thank you for that. Very sweet. Uh... So I said, Is there any things that maybe a deep dives into League of Legends that we might not know? You said there are certain frogs that if you stand close next to them, they'll commit suicide. <laughs> 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 so they kind of get a fright and just fall over.
3: <laughs> so I wonder, you know, sometimes I play Kaiser. Yeah. Why does Kaiser release a frog occasionally? You're going to have to ask Jake or ask if anyone out there plays Kaiser, let us know. Why do I. I'm terrible at Kaiser. I'm just terrible at the game. But, I like you as Kaisa. You do, like, crazy damage I as Kaisa. But I've played against Kaisa before, mm. and she will destroy people. Yeah. I can never get that powerful. Well, we'll I'm, get there. I'm, I'm, you've made me excited to play. I want to play this afternoon. It's like surfing. It's just like time in the water. We'll play. We'll play. Right, let's play. Now, where are we with Elijah? I,
2: I, pl- joining us on the rift, where are we? On a scale of Scale of, of fruit. Of fruit. Strawberry seeds being the smallest and a watermelon being the top. I mean, I'm going to say, for me, a lemon seed because we've not heard... A lemon seed? Yeah, we've not heard heard from Elijah or Sean in regards to League of Legends. We've chatted to them about other stuff, but they've both completely backed off. Elijah sent us a thing about a vegan restaurant,
3: Ethiopian, Ethiopian food,
2: but in no way did he mention... The League of Legends. I think. I mean, sooner or later, we're at, we're trying as hard as we can to shame the two of them to play, and that's not working. Any suggestions as to how we get them to play? Let us know. Although
3: a friend of mine, who uh, I was uh, on stage with in in London, Ed. Do I know now, Ed? Ed, I don't know if you've met so. Ed. What Hello, was he Ed? in? What what play? He was in um, the Scottish play. <gasps> You may have met him. You were marvellous. Now, anyway, Ed... Have you seen his banquo? Ed has moved to Canada, and he said, listening to the friendship, Onion, he said, I'm going to download that League of Legends, and I'm going to have a go. Let's do it. He done it. He wrote to me. He said, he died a hundred times, but they won, and he loves it. Let's Let's do it. But then I
2: got to send him tips. Brilliant. Me?
3: Yeah. I was like, oh, stay under the tower. Oh, but not their tower. No. No. The first 10 minutes, just get minions. Yeah. So he did all this. Brilliant build. I I felt like a teacher. That's
2: a powerful. Our friend Will, who we went down, Nigel and I went down to see in Oceanside, also downloaded the game. Had a lot of questions, but we didn't want to get into it with all of the other beautiful people at the party. We didn't want to kind of cramp the style. So we said, let's talk about it later. But he's in as well. So we'll figure it out. We don't need Frodo and Sam. No.
3: Do we? You would do, actually. We might do. I would love Don't we play. But we do
2: have a guest today. A very, very special guest, my friend Dominic. I'll do a little impression, which only you will know whether it's accurate or not. Or maybe his wife. Would, would
3: I was going to say, it. I don't
2: do an impression of his
1: wife. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our guest today kind of talks like this. He's a very well-spoken New Zealander. Born yeah. in the UK, though. Born in the UK. And also, we were saying uh, before the show, very excited about most things. <laughs> Lovely.
3: <laughs> a very passionate, wonderful artist we have today. Yeah. We have Mr.
2: Richard taylor of Weta workshops richard taylor who alongside his wife are the founding inspiring members of Weta, which mm-hmm. is arguably the best special effects company in the world certainly one of the busiest certainly one of the biggest and has done such films as william <clears throat> The Lord of the Rings Trilogy. Three. Uh, the
3: Hobbit Trilogy. Six. Uh, Master and Commander. One. Should have been
2: more. You were marvellous.
3: <laughs> um,
2: Ava- Narnia. Narnia. Uh, three.
3: three. Avatar. Seven. With about 12 to come. Yeah. They, uh, they're amazing. Taylor and his company created all the props, costumes, prosthetics, miniatures and weaponry.
2: For Jackson's epic, The Lord of the Rings. And that particular workshop where they do physical effects, which are obviously the things that you can, you know, see and touch and grab hold of, like hobbit ears and hobbit feet and armor and things like that, alongside digital effects that you Mm. can't grab hold of, but you can still see, like armies and things like that, and miniatures. That, That whole workshop situation is such an inspiring place to not only work, but for us as a cast, just to go and and visit like this. You turn any corner, and the greatest artist that you've ever seen is sculpting a little cabbage that maybe you're holding in a figurine. Or you walk into a room
3: that's like the size of a football field, and there's Minas Tirith. Like, completely Minas Tirith in miniature form carved every window Stunning. carved so they can get a camera that flies in it's art the art in and weta is incredible and i'm very excited to speak to richard it's, Same. it's been a little while and he's such a wonderful passionate uh just talented guy yeah it'll so, be great so
2: attached to that joyful inspiring i'm a creator kind of vibe right Sh-
3: shall we get him on the tv now shall we get him on All shall right. we do it john Billy, you and I have been drinking quite a lot of liquid IV recently, haven't we? I like it, Dom. And in the summer, and you know how hot it's been here, Ooh. I like to get one first thing in the morning. I know that I've hydrated after a good night's sleep.
2: Yeah, it's really nice if you're feeling maybe a little slow in the morning and mm. you need something to wake you up. Not only does it have watermelon but it also has a strawberry and a lemon and lime flavor for your delectation (laughs) i love the lemon and lime that's it give me that all day super tasty stuff uh and also an acai berry and passion fruit flavor as well i think at the moment the strawberry is my all-time favorite flavor it's got five essential vitamins more vitamin c than an orange and as much potassium as a banana
3: And of course, it's much healthier than all your sugary sport drinks. There's no artificial
2: flavours or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Wow. So grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ONION at checkout. That's
3: 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code ONION at liquidiv.com. Hey, Dom, you know those mornings when you're waking up and you're feeling a bit anxious Mm. or you've got a nagging pain, you know, like my knee sometimes, or maybe at night you're feeling a bit, oh, I can't get to sleep. Mm. I tell you what will help you there, Dom.
2: Feels CBD. Mm, if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the discovery process. Yeah,
3: they have a hassle-free membership programme that is guaranteed to help you feel your best
2: month after month
3: or they'll give you your money back.
2: It's nice, that simple. Fantastic. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. You just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue to feel the difference. Within minutes. And of course, there's no hangover and there's no addiction to CBD. Yeah, fantastic. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today. By going to fields.com slash onion and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S
3: dot com slash onion to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping.
2: fields.com slash onion. Hello everyone. Hello oh, Richard. You. How's it going good man? Good to see you. Good to see you good, too good. Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: lovely to catch up. Thank you for inviting me on, and th- it's lovely to talk to everyone that uh, listens in, and really nice to see you both. It's been a very long time.
3: Yeah, it's, too long. And you haven't changed ad, ad, at all, Richard. Really?
1: Well, well, fat, fatter and older, I think would be fair to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that, that's us, no, that's us no, too, Richard. No, yeah, no less enthusiastic, and uh, certainly still uh, loving getting to work in the morning. So that's a good thing.
2: Well, that's fantastic, and we definitely want to talk about weather. Obviously, what 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 time is it in New Zealand right now? so
1: about six o'clock, I think. Oh, oh no, so no, se- uh, seven thirteen it is right now. Uh, ah, yeah, you've you've 7. probably
3: 13. been working for about three hours already. right uh, yeah, yeah, Not no, I
1: actually. Ta- Tanya actually came and jabbed me in the ribs and said, you've got to get out of bed quick, you're going to be late. So luckily I only live 10 minutes from work, so uh, good. I, I almost got here on the spot. So. That's good. Now,
2: how busy is Weta right now, with Weta being one of the most successful,
1: busiest studios around?
2: How's, <laughs> the, how's the work detail currently?
1: Uh, it's been wonderfully busy here at the Weta Workshop. Um, uh, we've been crazy, actually, because of... Because New Zealand has stayed mostly clear of COVID, a lot of filmmakers have come down to New Zealand. So that's meant that uh, the country has stayed pretty busy. But we likewise, even with outside contracts, have stayed pretty good. We've also been making our own work. We uh, Right through last year, we built a... uh, a large location-based experience in Auckland called Weather Workshop Unleashed. And that mm-hmm. that sort of filled in any gaps that we may have had uh, and kept our uh, our team well-employed and super busy.
3: So does that mean when people come to New Zealand now maybe to visit their locations, that's something else that they can go and see in Auckland now? Yeah,
1: exactly. It was all a great idea pre-COVID, of course. We actually started at the beginning of Of the year, but um, sadly, when COVID hit, we'd already borrowed the money and begun the process, and we had a very hard decision to go one way or the other. But we decided to carry on. Uh, You know, Tanya and I thought about it very, very hard, and decided if if we bailed on something like this, then we're really not putting our confidence into New Zealand, sort of bursting back into the tourist scene. And uh, uh-huh. we felt it was important we played our part. So we carried on. And uh, at, at in, in early December, we opened the doors. It's called Weather Workshop Unleashed, a Fantastical Film Effects Experience. So it's a... Sort of uh, an hour-long walkthrough of this tour—a tour guide-led walkthrough of this crazy, fictitious, and fantastical workshop filled with spaceships and robots and monsters and uh, dinosaurs and creatures—and so it's it, people. People have enjoyed it. It's great because New Zealand, the Auckland. Um, uh, visitors have embraced it and we've had a lot of people through and a lot of lovely comments and it's it's at its heart it's my desire to try and inspire the love of creating with your hands uh, yeah. you get to make sculpture and you get to draw and you get to um, do things physically with your hands that otherwise you may have lost the love of or uh, try and inspire it in kiddies trying to get kiddies off these things yeah, a little yeah. Bit more. so yeah, so that's what it's about, and it's uh, it, it it was a joyous project for um, myself and my colleagues to build because it felt like we were giving something very special back to the people of New Zealand that love uh, the creative process. So uh, um, we're very proud of it and very much enjoy uh, running it here in New Zealand.
2: That's very cool, Richard. So with that in mind, let's let's back up a little bit and maybe kind of ask you about the richard taylor between the ages of let's say 8 to 11 the young the young richard taylor who is clearly not anywhere near devices since they didn't exist at that point but immersed in model making and creatures and all that kind of stuff what what were the things that inspired you to go on this path to now be at the forefront
1: of all this currently? Uh, well, f- interestingly, because I was growing up in rural uh, New Zealand in the 1970s, which is how old I would have been back, uh, the, the years it would have been at that age, uh, obviously there was no access to uh, to the sort of media that we have access to today. There were no magazines on what we do for a career that I was aware of. Uh, we did go into town. Um, the first movie I ever saw was Tora Torah Tora when I was six years old. And then at eight years old, I think, I saw The Aristocats, which uh, had a big impact on me. And we, we were going into town once a year to go to the movies, which was a decent drive away up into central Auckland. Um, but at that age, I was into paper mache model making. I was really passionate about um, just doing model making in my bedroom. My dad and I had built a, a HO gauge railway, so doing the landscaping on that—it was tiny. It was no bigger than the piece of table I'm sitting at. But I got really into that and. Uh, I discovered that there was a creek on the back of the farm. This is a very well-worn story, and I apologize to your listeners, but I only have one life, and this is it. And I started digging clay out of the wall of the creek, and that's where I discovered my love of sculpting. Um, I found some pictures a little while ago of me in the lounge of this share milkers cottage that we lived in, uh, where we were renting off a local farmer, and... um, the uh, those sculptures are in the background in that photograph, it's quite bizarre. And uh, one of the first pieces of literature that uh sort of inspired my imagination was Rupert the Bear. I don't know if you guys are, yeah. are uh, of an age that you would remember Rupert the Bear, oh, yeah. but yes. um, if you remember, Rupert would go through portals into other worlds and uh, characters would come through into his world. And, those stories were just so wo- wonderfully inspiring to me. Um, I still have Rupert um, memorabilia hanging on the wall of our house today. But um, nice. it was actually my mum was training at a teacher's training college and the library at the training college was having a closing down sale. And I, I bought two things at that uh, at that closing down sale. This was when I was about 12 years old. For two dollars, I bought a dog-eared copy of the triptych of the Garden of Earthly Delights by Hieronymus Bosch, and uh, you, you will undoubtedly know the painting, if not by name. If you were to see it, it's got it's got heaven, earth, and hell, and it's got mm-hmm. the descent of man into hell, and uh, or, or it's it, it's suggestive of what um, if we were to sin, what would become of us. And there are iconic images today within it that you see on merchandising, etc. But for me, I hung that above my bed and uh, I would look at that painting every day. And that painting, this, this was done hundreds of years ago. But when you look at the ideas within the painting, there's some incredibly contemporary uh, ideas as terrifying as almost any horror movie made today. And that started the cogs of my brain working around um, the fantastical running in parallel to our ordinary lives. And I started to realize that if I could imagine, I could visualize a life in parallel that you could dip in and out of through your imagination. And uh, that very significantly catalyzed um, my brain starting to think about a future um, uh, of doing this. Only a year later, I met Tanya uh, when I was 13, and we even at that early age started to talk about um, maybe doing a future making things. We didn't even know the film industry existed in New Zealand. I still thought that people were filming local TV shows in in people's houses. I never even comprehended sets but uh, our our the, the the our vision could really only scale to theatre. Tanya was in repertory theatre. I was doing um, the theatre design for our school plays at the school I was going to. Uh, I, was, I was actually acting the only female parts in the school plays because I had <laughs> long legs and I was at a boys' school. So I used to sport a pair of fishnets and high heels every year for the school play. Oh yeah. Um, so that, that sort of... And then, of course, in that very early age, I discovered The Hobbit. Yeah. I first read The Hobbit, and um, that that was my um, lens into Tolkien, was through The Hobbit. I'm very yeah. glad it was, because my reading age was very poor. And at that young age, I was reading Judge Dredd comics, um, yeah. <laughs> yep. ABC Warrior, etc. cetera, uh, the Strontium Dogs. Those were the... Um, Foundation of my reading pleasure, embarrassingly. Uh, but, um, but I improved enough to read The Hobbit, and uh, that was it, of course. And uh, we, here we are talking to, funnily enough, yeah. Uh, yeah, two wonderful two gentlemen.
2: W- was there something in those formative years, Richard, that you actually made that you thought, oh, I, I actually am quite good at this, when, when you got, <laughs> and you got the finished I, article?
1: Yeah, no I, no, I never thought, gee, I might be quite good at this, but I did think, gee, I, I, I really not only enjoy this, if I don't do this, I am miserable. Ooh, and wow. uh, it, it dawned on me very early, and I kept that to myself. My mother was a science teacher. My father was an enge- is an engineer. Um, and uh, so they're a very pragmatic here um we started building a house when i was i think about 11 years old my mum, my dad and i almost entirely um handmade together it took us five years um and uh that was a very foundational training in what i did and and what i do today sorry but i realized while building that house and i did not always enjoy it of course because my friends were off um Going into town and going to concerts and things like that, yeah. and I was stuck in the weekends building this bloody house with my parents. But um, but I do I did identify back then that um, I just really loved building things and making things, and wor- more than that, I had a almost unquenchable, insatiable desire to do it. And if I wasn't doing yeah. it, I felt wrong in myself. So my parents wanted me to become an orthodontist um, because they could see that I had high, a high level of skills to make tiny things. I was making tiny toy soldiers and airbrushing things and so on. And so they, that, that's where they thought I could. And it wasn't that they were being negative towards me and my love of art. They just couldn't visualize any future in the arts at that point. So they were trying to be highly supportive of something I could do. Yeah. But I just knew in my heart that I had to do um, a career that, ma- that was making things. And the, I, the only person I would tell was Tanya, my, my future wife, that yeah. this is what I wanted to do. And thankfully, she was supportive. And here we are today.
3: Dom, I have found a fantastic new clothing
2: company. Tell me. Viore! (gasps) Viore, yeah, a new perspective on performance apparel. Perfect! If you're sick and tired of all that old workout gear. And not only just for workout. I wear them all the time. Like the the jogging pants. They're so comfortable. Yeah, I can attest to that because we've been hanging out at weekends and you're barely out of them and you look very svelte in them as well. I
3: love them. <laughs> and also they've got surf shorts that are fantastic. They look amazing. They feel amazing. They've got nice little touches. Like they've got a little zip pocket. Yeah.
2: So I've got my car key. I put it in there. Safe as houses. Lovely. Happier on a healthy planet. Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint. They're also reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They're utilising better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. That is fantastic.
3: Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at vioricom
2: onion. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash onion. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to vioreclothing.com slash onion and discover the versatility of Viore Clothing. Now, Billy, yeah. you and I both have an express VPN account, don't yep. we? We both do a lot of international travel. Yep. Flying through airports, actually flying on planes, but walking through airports yes, yes. and staying in hotels.
3: With their Wi Fi, yes. Right.
2: So when you're using a public Wi Fi spot, you want to be covered so that people can't hack into your details. Because there's a lot of so tech good. hacking going on and a VPN account stops that from happening.
3: Yeah, you may be on doing your online banking, putting in passwords. You don't want everybody seeing that. You need to express VPN to create a secure,
2: encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't steal your stuff. Absolutely. Just fire up the app and click one button. It works on phones, laptops... Even routers, you guys might call them routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. Secure your online activity today at ExpressVPN. dot com slash onion and get an extra three months free. That's e x
3: p r e s s v p n. dot com slash
2: onion. ExpressVPN. dot com slash onion.
3: I think that's I think that's a, think that's a, a normal story here isn't it from a lot of people who are involved in the arts is I think parents have a fear about their kids going into art because they feel like there's always going to be disappointment. and obviously you don't want your your children to be disappointed so they try to support but steer you in a way that this will be a more secure way of making a living and, and living through your life So I think that's a normal thing for parents to do. So did you take that love of art into college? Is that where you went next? After you removed the fishnets, of course? (laughs)
1: Yes, I did. Interestingly, the school that I went to didn't have an art class, even though it's the oldest school in New Zealand. So um, to do art through secondary school... uh, Thankfully, a teacher arrived at the school, Mrs. Burrows, who kindly embraced my love of art. And uh, almost in parallel with me, uh, we developed the art class. And that took me right through to the end of the seventh form. And then I applied to Wellington Polytechnic. Um, And uh, I didn't get in. I was devastated because it meant Tanya and I had both agreed to move to Wellington and Tanya did get into Victoria University to study and I didn't get into Wellington Polytech. <laughs> I was I simply wasn't good enough. My portfolio I'd started the portfolio too late and um and that's a whole story in its own right. But anyway I I didn't get in. But but three days before the course was supposed to start, the head of school phoned me and he said, someone's dropped out. You were the 37th person of wow. 36 people. Wow. Do you want to move? Do you want to still take up the course? And I said, yes, thank you. And I moved to Wellington uh, to join Tanya. I thought I was going to spend another year on the farm doing haymaking and trying to lift my skills and so on. I was doing haymaking in the summers. I was working at the... Um, at the Auckland airport cleaning toilets on the international aeroplane flights uh, as a a job that my dad had got me. Uh, And uh, I was working at a local packing case factory operating a nail gun. And uh, that that was what I was visualising I'd do for the next year. But... um, Thankfully, I got in, so I moved down to Wellington three days before the or two days before the course started. And what was and, the course um,
3: called? What was it called? The course?
1: Uh, I did visual communication and design at what was called Wellington Polytech, which is now known as Massey uh, University. Right, yeah. And probably the highest number of people that join us here at the workshop are from that course. Right. That and the industrial design course. I had intended to do industrial design, and that's what I applied for. But I got into the end of the wrong queue and just never said anything. So I ended up doing three years of graphic design. And looking back, I was very pleased that that mistake was made. Um, I was a bit, I was a bit, um, uh, a little quieter than I might be today, so I wasn't one to speak up. But um, but anyway, it was it was a great three years, and I got to meet some lovely people and uh, associate with some amazing, inspiring individuals. So uh, yeah. and I just discovered we discovered our love of Wellington. Yeah, uh, that first year we thought we'd move straight back um, up north again, uh, but within a year, Wellington, you know, the bug of Wellington bites you, and you know that you're addicted for the rest of your lives. Yeah. And we've We've never moved further than fifteen minutes drive from where we did our studies.
2: Wow! Yeah, it's an extremely compelling city. Yeah, <laughs> Excuse me. And, and, and at what point? At what point during that process did your paths cross with Pete?
1: Uh yeah. That that's obviously the most joyous um, moment. My so Tanya and I uh, we left. I finished my Polytech course. It was a course in uh, visual communication and design, but I realized very early on in that course that my illustration skills were poor comparatively to some of my colleagues. So I started doing everything in 3D, sculpting and model making, playing to my strengths, and very thankfully the tutors allowed me to do that. So when I finished the course, um, I actually got a job working in a design studio designing children's games, and it was a very well-paid job. But six weeks in, I went to the owner of the company and politely asked if I could finish up because it just wasn't fulfilling my love of making things as I had managed to nurture through Polytech. Mm -hmm. And um, I moved uh, to a significantly lower-paid job working at a local television studio painting ultimate flats I don't even think ultimate exists in the world today but but that job quickly allowed me to accelerate my career as I started doing low-cost TV commercials documentary low-cost documentary work until they finally decided that the company decided they wanted to do a New Zealand version of spitting image that wonderful uh, yeah. Peter Fluck and Roger Law television series. Um, and um, and that that in its own, I might mention a little story there. But uh, the um, Tanya and I, I heard that they wanted to make this TV series. So I actually went and borrowed a photograph of the boss and uh, a guy called Dave Gibson, one of New Zealand's great uh, television entrepreneurs and um uh, and uh, you know, instigated a lot of the TV industry here. And I, I manufactured a puppet uh, in our flat uh, from that photograph. I sculpted it in margarine. I was doing margarine buffet sculptures at night for the chef where my wife was now working in the evenings as a duty manager at a hotel. And so I'd become very proficient in sculpting margarine and I'd swap the sculpture for a meal because uh, we were a bit on the bones of our ass at that time. Um, and, uh, and that TV show came out. Peter saw it on telly. I think this was about four to five years into our working career. And uh, through a mutual friend, Cameron Chiddick, he came and visited a studio where we were making a TV commercial for the Volgers Coffee Bean commercial, and it was a sort of an Indiana Jones had just come out and it was an Indiana Jones type rip-off TV commercial and we were doing these massive, this massive jungle uh, with Cameron, Tanya and I, and um, this young chap, 27 years old, I think Pete was at the time, walked in through the door and I glanced sideways and I saw him come in and I we, we were organised to meet, so I climbed off the set, uh, went and said hello, and That was it. Uh, We Mm. became, the three of us became firm friends and for the next many years would hang out uh, talking of things we aspired to do in the future, movies that we wanted to make. He obviously very kindly introduced us to the world of of effects and filmmaking at a level that we didn't even begin to understand. I, I came to a love of film effects late late in my life comparatively to say my american colleagues who um who grew up on it almost from birth Mm. um so that that was great we used to go and sit in the front room of peter's tiny little cottage probably the smallest house in wellington when he first moved him to town from his mum and dad's house having finished bad taste and we would watch this giant uh, television screen. It's probably a postage stamp compared to screens today. But uh, him... Peter, Tanya and I would sit on his couch and if he left the curtains open, you'd do this and you'd look back behind where Peter was sitting and and um, people walking their dogs would have <laughs> gathered on the pavement watching <laughs> the movie through the window. <laughs> I love it. So peculiar and strange were the things that we used to watch. That's great. Uh,
2: would, is, would you say that based on... Your upbringing, Pete's upbringing, Tanya's upbringing. Would it be fair to say that you guys all kind of found kindred spirits in each other? Is that what was going on there?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he was surprised. I don't want to put words in Pete's mouth, but if I recall, I think he was probably surprised to discover that there were other people in the country doing exactly what he did. Remember at that time... um. He was making everything himself. Uh, He had made most of bad taste himself. And you could argue that if Peter had a thousand years, he could make Lord of the Rings himself. Mm -hmm. Such as his skills across such a broad spectrum of uh, capabilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we would read his um, Fangoria magazines. We'd read his Cinefantastique magazines. We'd sit on his couch watching... Strange and peculiar movies uh we would talk about Ray Harryhausen, we'd talk about Rick Baker, Dick Smith, uh some of the greats of the industry that we uh, that we uh, loved uh, together and uh and we talked about things we wanted to make, and we used to do model making sessions together. Uh, etc. And Tanya, being a fabulous cook, would cook for Pete. Pete would cook for us. He'd come to our place for, for um, barbecues. It was just a really nice way to, uh, to find communal interest uh, mm. in what we all loved to do. And then, of course, he got brain dead off the ground. And uh, that gave us something to focus on. Mm. Um, sadly for us, brain dead fell over. Uh, six or eight weeks after we joined the production, but uh, very thankfully for us, um, very and very quickly, him and Jim Booth, the producer that we were all working with, and a very dear and close friend to Peter, um, managed to get Meet the Feebles up and running, <laughs> um, and uh, and that certainly gave us something to rally. Around and uh, follow Peter's vision and extraordinary talents uh, as we uh, as we begun on that film, mm.
3: and that is a fantastic film. And I suppose the the perfect one for you guys to work on together at that time because it, it used both your skills so well.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. Um, the The puppet production was run by Cameron Chittick. And Cameron had been a great friend of Peter's and helped Peter at the end of Bad Taste. And Mm -hmm. Cameron's the same age as me, but was uh, an enthusiastic model maker from Auckland uh, who had moved to Wellington to work with Pete. And uh, he led us into this world of uh, foam rubber puppets. And Peter would come in and... um, and make puppets himself. He made Abhi Bhagwad, who was the uh, Indian contortionist who oh, yeah. falls, yeah, falls and pops his head up his own bottom. <laughs> um, uh, but and Peter, Peter aspired to make many more of the puppets, but he was just so busy trying to get the film made and writing the yeah. script and so on. I just make one comment on uh, on Peter with respect to that movie. It was at that time that it dawned on me, um, I think it's a, I think it's an appropriate word to use, the genius of the filmmaker that we were interacting with. Because on a particular evening, we turned up at his house for dinner or something or to talk about the movie, and he was lying on the couch with his eyes closed, and he was... Um, talking through the film in his mind. Now, if you think about how you make a puppet movie, you have to pre-record all of the dialogue and all of the beats of the movie before you film the movie because you've got to play the playback so that the puppeteers can work their hands to the sound of the voices. So unlike a traditional movie where you where you pre-write the script, but then you go in each day and um, you can play with the pacing relative to how you direct the actor's voices, you have had to have pre-directed it entirely in your head. Mm. And it dawned on me that he was able to scope the complete film in his mind right down to the accents of how the characters would talk. And how they would interact, and the time that they would need to walk from here to here before they delivered the next line. Right? Yeah. If you if you start to think about it, it is mind bending. Yeah. uh, When you actually start to think about that, and a lot of people would watch Meet the Feebles and go, "Oh, it's just a silly, you know, piss take of the the Hensons, and it's just a a gross, funny puppet movie." But you actually watch it. And and realise how clever yeah. it is for a young filmmaker to have made it. The techniques that he used, the invention that is in within it, mm-hmm. uh, the, the clever... He sent it to New Line at the time, and I remember him telling us that one of the New Line people had got back to him and said, Oh, God, you know, Richard, we love the movie. Uh, sorry, Peter, we love the movie. It was amazing. Uh, specifically, the technique that you used to shoot the flying fly. How on earth you pulled such a good mat off the blue screen on the wings of the fly. It was perfect. You guys are doing great optical work down there. It was a a fishing rod with a fishing line dangling to the middle of this fly with a ten dollar remote control car mechanism, flapping its wings as as someone guided it through the scene, and it it was glorious. So, but but um, the last couple of days ended up just with Peter with his bowlex on his shoulder with one mongoose on his hand here, <laughs> with Tanya and I with that, with four mongooses on our hands running through the Arrow, Arrow Street bush. And uh, we're like, it doesn't get better than this. And I think Pete saw our sort of unabashed enthusiasm yeah. and just desire to make cool things mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, and, and be along for the ride. So thankfully, Braindead came around the corner straight after that.
3: Amazing stuff from Richard, absolutely incredible.
1: Great
2: chat. We were so excited that we just kept talking and talking, so I think we're going to split it into two weeks, right? Yep, and we'll get
3: some more of Richard next week, so please tune in to The Friendship Onion next week. Don't forget to send your uh, questions and comments and everything
2: to the Friendship Onion at castmedia.com and subscribe. Yes, rate, review and subscribers. If you subscribe to The Friendship Onion, you don't need to go look for it. It just shows up in your phone. And also, if you review us, Billy and I scroll through all these reviews and the ones that we love, we tend to take a screen grab of and put up on our social media and maybe we'll even mention them on the podcast. So rate, review, subscribers and we'll see you next week. See you next week on The Friendship Onion. Toodles. (laughs) Bye-bye.
3: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: on holiday there's nothing like doing nothing as an Expedia member you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less Expedia made to travel pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me